I thought that might set us up well for Pet Blessing Sunday. It's all about the animals today. A. A. Milne, who wrote the Winnie the Pooh books, said, uh, famously quoted, some people talk to animals, not many listen though, that's the problem. That's the problem. Talk to animals, but do we listen? Do we listen to them? And so that's what I want to talk about today is some of the gifts that the animals have for us. One is knowing that we are actually animals also. Not just animals, but animals also. These human bodies are mammals. We bear live young. We nurse our young. That's what it takes to be a mammal. <laughs> We're warm-blooded. <laughs> So we share life with them, and I think it's to our detriment when we try to separate them off as the lesser beings. If all of us have a place in the choir, is a bass more important than a soprano, more important than an alto, more important than a tenor? Well, if you talk to a tenor, a tenor is always the most important. <laughs> but to the choir, every voice is needed. Every voice is needed or it's not the choir. It's not the choir, and that's how I feel about this planet. Everything here is needed. There are some things, man, I don't like. I remember being a little kid and thinking, well, when I go to heaven, I'm going to ask God why there are mosquitoes. <laughs> but, you know, the bats and the opossums eat the mosquitoes. That's part of their, we're all part of a chain. We're all part of a chain. We've gotten to the place where, um, in, the, in the food chain, where we only just kill ourselves. <laughs> or or our, only, our only predator is us. <laughs> we have lots of prey, but our only predator is us. So, you know, knowing that this was coming up, every year as I know it's coming up, I pay attention. To, I try to listen to my animals and what they have to say. And... Uh, and just look around me at, because I, I love animals. Y'all know this. I have way too many. <clears throat> and one of the things that occurred to me was that animals seem to have pretty good self-knowledge. They know what they like, and they know what they don't. <laughs> right? I used to, many years ago, before I stopped giving table food to my animals, I had a dog named Mickey who would eat anything. And I had some leftover pasta primavera, and Bob's like, I'm not, I don't want to eat that again. We'd already eaten on it two days. So I thought, I'll give it to Mickey. I put it in his bowl. It had cauliflower and carrots and onions and green beans and broccoli and, you know, garlic sauce and all that stuff. And um, I left it out there for him, and I looked out the back door like 30 seconds later, and every, it was licked clean with about five broccoli florets left behind. <laughs> not even any sauce on him. He's just like, take the rest. I'm not, I don't even know how do you do that with that big mouth. But he knew what he didn't like. And he wasn't afraid. Oh, she'll, my feelings might be hurt if I don't eat this broccoli. <laughs> you know? They don't do what we do. They know what they like, and they know what they don't like, and they're not afraid to ask for what they like. They communicate their needs pretty clearly. Now, those of us that have been conditioned to live with humans have learned to communicate their needs specifically to us. Do you know that cats in the wild do not meow? Domesticated cats, they don't do that for each other. They learned evolutionarily to imitate the sound of a human baby so that we would feel drawn to them and take care of their needs. Isn't that interesting? 
It works. It works. It reminds me of the old joke. Um, the dog says, wow, they feed me. They give me shelter. They pet me. They love me. They take such good care of me. They must be gods. And the cat says, they feed me. They love me. They take care of me. They give me shelter. They pet me. They really take care of me. I must be a god. <laughs> That's the difference between cats and dogs. And some of us have those attitudes. Um, some of us have those, well, things are going well. It must be me. <laughs> right? That sense of entitlement that we can associate with not all cats. They all have different personalities. Or that sense of wonder that we can cultivate. Wow, everything that happens to me is happening for me. And there is some force, some energy, some reason behind it, and I can be grateful to that. Dogs know how to be grateful. Dogs and cats, and really, I think every animal in the animal kingdom, when it gets tired, it finds a place to rest. Do we do that? Some of us very evolved beings do. Raise your hand if you're a good napper. There you go, there are a few of us. But it's taken me a long time to even consider it as a possibility because there's so much stuff to get done. And when I would find myself feeling extremely tired, I would go, look at my calendar. Oh, a week from next Thursday. I'm going to rest that afternoon. <laughs> Finally figured out that tired today doesn't care about a week from next Thursday. Tired today needs care today. And I'm learning that. I'm learning that. I'm not great at it, but my cats and my dogs are teaching me. And Bob, <laughs> he's really good at taking naps too. Uh, cats and dogs know that you can't get through life just taking naps. You have to move your body, you have to exercise. Cats make up invisible beings to chase around the house so they get their exercise. Dogs will run, they need to walk. And if you don't walk them, they will let you know, you're not doing your job for me. They know, they know. And I think the thing that they teach us more than anything, if we pay attention, as A.A. Milne says, if we listen to them rather than just talking to them, is that they live in the moment. We tend to think that we are the most evolved brains because we have the ability to hold um, in uh, non-concrete thoughts, right? We can hold intangibles. We can hold intangible ideas, complicated ones like the past and the future. And just because we can, does that mean we should spend a lot of time there? What the animals teach us is that, and what Jesus, by the way, tried to teach us too, is that there is enough in today. Let tomorrow take care of itself. If you're really paying attention, you've got enough to concentrate on today. And you can live in a state of trust that tomorrow, when it comes, will also be a today that you get to focus on. And animals do not spend time thinking about, oh, I wish I hadn't done that yesterday. She's going to be so mad at me. I mean, they don't replay conversations. They don't replay, oh, that was when I beat on the bathroom rug. I don't know why anybody loves me anymore. <laughs> they, <laughs> they don't do that, but we do that. Who's smarter? Who's better at taking care of themselves? So living in the moment, and that's 
practically the whole teaching of the Buddha. He not only says live in the moment, he says the moment is all there is. The moment is actually all there is. And our whole life is an illusion because our life is a moment and a moment and a moment and a moment and a moment. It's not a single life. It's every moment put together. So the moment is all there is. Watch Watch your animals. Watch animals in the street. Watch animals on TV. If you don't have any animals, I, I charge you to watch Animal Planet every once in a while just because it's so, there's so much to learn. There's so much to learn. Bob puts Animal Planet on for the dogs when we leave the house for a long period of time in case they get bored. So when an animal wants to play, he wants to play now. He doesn't hear, um, you know what, as soon as I get through with all of this stuff, then I will go throw the ball for you. That does not translate. But throw the ball for him a couple of times, and then you have plenty of time to do what it is that you're doing now. Um, now, when you have a need, you, get, you have the discernment to go, is this something that is actually pressing? Is it something that needs to happen now, or is it not? But think about meeting our needs in the moment instead of putting them off. The other thing that my dogs are trying to teach me every day, come to think of it, Bob's trying to teach me that too, is that life is messy. There are going to be messes. Trying to keep it from getting messy makes me crazy. There will be dog hair and cat hair in my house as long as there are dogs and cats in my house. If I resent them every time a puff of air flows off of them and follow them around with a vacuum, which I don't really do that, but don't, <laughs> then I'm miserable. I'm miserable. I make myself miserable. Puddles happen. Jump in them or don't, but puddles are going to happen. And if you're not the type to jump in a puddle, Chances are you're going to end up living with somebody who is the type that jumps in a puzzle and so you, a puddle, and then you get to discern, is it worth it? And of course, my answer with living with all these animals all these years and with Bob is that, yes, it must be worth it, or I wouldn't still be doing it. It is worth it. And so I get to, I get to remind myself of that beautiful thing. Animals know about connection. They know about family. Very few domesticated pets grow up with their biological families. They grow up with whoever takes them in, loves them, and cares for them. And that is their family for the rest of their life. No questions asked. Nature or nurture? Who's nurturing you? Who's nurturing you? And many of us have families, um, have natural families, biological families who nurture us, and that is great, but I would guess that you also have non-biological family that nurtures you. And those of us who came from homes where we were not nurtured by our, our biological or natural parents, um, we have to find chosen family. We connect with people in life, and if we're smart, we stay connected with them over time so that we have family to go to when we need family, regardless of whether our family is healthy or regardless of whether our family of origin is not, no longer alive. I'm, I'm, since my parents um, have died in the last few years, I am so aware of the people in my life who are my family, whether or not we were born into the same family. Also, I'm adopted, so 
the blood thing doesn't mean a lot to me. It really is all about where the connections come from. Dogs treat us or can teach us about grace. Grace, I was taught as a child, was unmerited favors. And the way that was spun in my church was that God's going to give it to you even though you don't deserve it. What I have since come to believe about grace is it is the beauty that happens to and for and through us without our having to earn it, without our having to figure it out, just free and for fun, it comes. And when you offer a dog a treat, have you ever had one say, mm, I was kind of bad earlier, so no, I can't take it. Never happened to me. <laughs> what my dogs treat, t teach me is that treats are for good dogs and bad dogs and in-between dogs. And all dogs, if there's the treat, it's for me. That's grace. What if you lived your life like that? What if every time you saw something beautiful or golden or enjoyable or met someone that made you feel good in your heart, you opened your heart completely to it and let it in? rather than mm -hmm, hedging your bets and pushing off and what if this isn't real and oh, I don't know, this doesn't feel too good. Think about all the things we do to block ourselves from grace. Think about all the ways that we say, no, 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 I can do it by myself. No, 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 I don't need that. I don't need you. No, 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 I get that the sun's beautiful, but I'm busy here. Grace. Our dogs can teach us about grace and loyalty and loyalty to a fault. And so what I would say as humans is that we do have the discernment about how to act on our loyalty and who to be loyal to, what to be loyal to. If it serves the good of all, then it deserves our loyalty. If it serves only our good and excludes others, perhaps it doesn't deserve our loyalty. And if it doesn't serve our good, why would we be loyal to it? So dogs teach me not the kind of, I don't, I don't really necessarily want to have the same kind of loyalty a dog has that will come back to the master that kicks it and hits it over and over again. But dogs teach me a way to think about loyalty. Why am I coming back? Why, am I a victim or am I a volunteer now? Right? Once we learn something, I love this, I say this over and over again, you, me, all of us can trust everybody we know. Everyone is, you can trust to be who they've shown you that they are. And so when you say, well, he lied to me over and over and over again, but then he told me this, and I trusted him, and he betrayed my trust. You did not trust him. You trusted your fantasy of what might happen, but he's been clearly telling you, no, I w my words do not match my actions. And so we fail to listen to that to our peril. Dogs do teach a lot about forgiveness. I am not always soft-spoken and pleasant. I know it's hard for you to imagine. <laughs> Sometimes I just lose my you-know-what. And often it has to do with mud and messes and 
you know, putting on my dress to get ready for church and having to jog, jump right here and having to go change completely in the two seconds before I walk out the door. Yeah, I'm not always nice in those moments. But they love me anyway. The next time they see me, they're like, yeah, yeah, I know you can be like that, but hey, so was my mom. <laughs> Get it? <sighs> Friendliness, openness. It's a very rare animal, usually only an abused animal who will um, refuse to be touched and hugged and loved by someone. They're, uh, hey, pet me. I'm, I'm open to it. I'm glad you're here. And yet, how many possibilities of good connections do we shut off because pain from the past keeps us from taking that risk? And so just to smile and to be friendly, to open up, to open up to not only risk, but to adventure, to new things. Here's what my dog teaches me. It's better to get forgiveness than to ask for permission. <laughs> if the gates open, I'm going to run. And I may feel bad when you catch me, but I know you'll forgive me. My cats teach me self-love and self-respect. Cats take care of themselves. They take care of their grooming. They make sure their needs are met. <laughs> and yet they're independent. And they will let you know what they need, both. I'm an independent person, and sometimes I need something from other people, and both things are okay. I can do it myself, and it's also okay to ask. It's also okay to ask. Maybe not to whine or meow, but to ask anyway. Cats are good at boundaries. They are like, like you know, no, not right now. <laughs> not right now. It's not that I don't love you, but I'm not in the mood. And they don't feel bad about that. Tell you what, when I'm ready, I'll come to you. You'll know it because I'll come to you. Till then, right? Some cats are more ready than others, but still, what if you were able to just, without guilt, say, no, I'm not feeling it right now. It's not the time for me to do this. Or simply, thank you for asking, but no. How many times have you ended up screaming because you said yes when your gut was clearly telling you to say no thank you? Me, lots and lots and lots of times. Cats teach us about curiosity. They want to know. They want to know. And curiosity, I think, is one of our most important spiritual tools. Because when we use curiosity instead of blame and projection then we learn and grow. And what I mean by that is when you meet someone that you know is, oh, you know, oh, I know all about him. I know who he voted for. That's all I need to know. Really, is one fact about a person enough for you to decide whether they have value in your life? You can use your curiosity. Tell me more about that. Well, what brought you to that? What brought you to that place? Hmm, that's interesting. You want to hear how I feel about it? Maybe they do, maybe they don't. But curiosity, instead of blocking anything that doesn't immediately feel comfortable, can lead us 
to adventures, can lead us to connections, can lead us to growing our own point of view into something less narrow and more open. And isn't that what unconditional love is? And that's what we teach. Not just unconditional love for me, but unconditional love from me. Is it easy? No, it's not. But curiosity helps. And I'll tell you why. If you completely knew someone's story, it would be very hard for you to ever condemn them. If you completely knew someone's story. Because the deal is hurt people hurt people. If you're being hurt by someone, guaranteed, they didn't get up this morning and say, oh, I feel great and I love myself, now I'm going to go attack her. <laughs> They're dealing with their own pain, their own lack of self-care, their own lack of self-love. And when we know that about someone, it's so much easier to give them our love. And I love this about cats. And it, it's just, I've had cats since I was a kid, and it's proven to me over the years that the cats are good at loving the unlovable. They will walk up among 18 cat lovers and find the 19th person who hates cats <laughs> and go, hey, let's hang. I'm going to run circles around your legs while you try to rock through the room. And as soon as you sit down, I'm in your lap. What if we did that? What if instead of running to the places where we were comfortable and welcome, we occasionally went to the places where we weren't sure and we allowed our love to possibly open up that space? What if we were able to do that? Yeah. So I want to read um, sort of a, a, a dog-eyed version of a very famous quote from Paul's letter to the Corinthians. Love is patient, except when waiting for food. <laughs> Love is kind, always unconditionally, unless protecting something beloved. Love does not envy, except another dog's food. It does not boast, it is not proud of, it is not proud. It does not boast, but it is proud of you. It's proud of its new collar, its haircut. It does not dishonor others. Animals treat people of all colors and creeds the same. They don't ask how you voted. They don't judge the color of your skin or the way you wear your hair. Love is not self-seeking. It seeks to spread the joy. Is not easily angered. When do you see your dog angry except to protect you, perhaps? It keeps no record of wrongs. That's the best thing ever. A dog will forget the bad and remember every good thing. Love does not delight in evil but rejoices with truth does not delight in evil, but rejoices with truth. Good judge of character. Have you ever met somebody that your dog didn't like and you decided to befriend them and you found out, oh, my dog was right? <laughs> listening to your dog is, is a lot like listening to your gut. <laughs> Always protects. 
unless someone offers it hamburger. <laughs> always trusts, often even with little reason. Always hopes, always, always hopes. Always perseveres, never gives up. These are just some of the gifts that we can get from our tame and wild cousins, the animals. Thank you. So I want, what I want to do now instead of our uh, traditional meditation is just to sort of take us to a quiet place while I read a prayer of blessing for all animals. And then those of you who have brought your animals can bring them up front and we will do a specific blessing and I'll let you, if your animal is at home and you want to call out their name, we, I will include them in the blessing as well. So let's just take a moment to be quiet in the space. <sighs> I take a deep breath and I rest in gratitude, gratitude for this beautiful, cool day, for these loving people, for these comfortable surroundings. And I focus my attention on the creatures with whom we share our planet. Great creator, you have blessed us with the earth and all living things. We thank you for all animals, especially for our pets, loving companions who enrich our lives, teach and comfort us, make us laugh and make us cry, whose presence in our lives reminds us that we are not alone. Today we bless these animals. May we share in the love for all creatures and all creation. May these beloved creatures continue to give us joy and to remind us of your power and love. May we realize that as they trust us to take care of them, so we may trust that we are cared for by the one love. We bless also the wild animals. Help us to learn from them how to live in harmony with the earth how to deal with enemies, how to live in peace with those who are unlike us. Help us to see the cycles of life as parents care for young and as young grow up and leave to make their own lives. Help us to appreciate and enjoy the beauty, the grace, and the strength of life. And one of the greatest teachings, how to accept death. We pray today for all animals in need. May they be treated with care and may they be healed and freed from pain. We pray for all animals who suffer, animals that are overworked, underfed, or cruelly treated, for all wild creatures in captivity, for any endangered by human aggression or careless expansion into their habitats, for those lost or deserted or frightened or hungry. And God, we pray for the pets that we have loved and lost. Help us to be grateful for the gift of having loved and been loved by them. Help us to accept death and to show strength and courage in the face of our losses. Help us to grieve openly and cleanly. May we take comfort in our memories and in knowing our beloveds are free from suffering. 
Father, Mother, God, we pray today for all animals, great and small, domestic and wild, living now on this earth or gone on to the next expression of life. We thank you for the gift of them. Bless them with our everlasting love. And so it is. Amen. So, any of you who trust your pets to be brought to the front, you can bring them up here now. <laughs> Nova has her pet. Yay! Yay! Oh boy. Anybody else? Here we go. Oh, there's Lila and her new sister. Oh, oh boy. Okay. I want to meet all these critters. So tell me, who is this? This is Radar. Hey, Radar. <laughs> Yeah. Like yeah. yeah. And that's Bella. We know Bella. This is another Bella. Another Bella. Okay. All right. Nova has a Bella too. And this is Lila and and Lucy. Lila and Lucy. Hi. Hi. And this is Marlin. Marlin. Oh my gosh, he's cute. And this Rudy, I love that name, Marlon and Rudy. All right, before we start the blessing, would you like to call out the name of whoever you have at home that you would like to be blessed? <laughs> Kelly. Anybody else? Okay, Molly, Isabel, Cuddles. I'm counting in my head. Bucky, Lola, Shorty, who's not ours, but he lives on our porch sometimes. Benito, Antonio, and Heidi. I think I got them all. Anybody else? All right, let's join in prayer. Great creator of all the vastness of the one love that we are all. Thank you for these beautiful animals. We are so grateful for the life that lives through them and blesses us. And so as we know that we are blessed daily by your love flowing through these animals to us, we simply ask that we bless in return with that divine love flowing through us toward them toward everyone who is named here today and everyone unnamed, all animals domestic and wild. Allow the love of God to flow through them and to flow through us to them. 
Breathe the breath of life into them so that they may, may be healthy and vital. Shine your mercy upon them so that they may be safe from harm. Allow your life-giving love to flow through them and through, through us so that we may learn to care for them as the divine cares for us. And finally, dear Father, Mother, God, bless us so that we may know that we are worthy of the unconditional love you offer to us every day through them and through this world. Help us to truly receive this love, give it back again, and share it out into the world multiplied. Bless us all. Amen. Amen. Good puppies. I noticed nobody brought their cat.